Good morning, everybody. You glad to be here? Say amen. amen. You're not glad to be here? Keep that to yourself. We don't want to know that, all right? I'm glad you're here. I hope you're glad to be in the house of God, ready to worship Him this morning. Amen. Well, let's start this morning, if you would. Let's stand, and uh, we're going to sing a great song about when we all get to heaven. Are you looking forward to that day? Amen. All right, here we go. Thank you. 
Blessed be your name in a land that is plentiful, with streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place. Though there's walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be your name. The sun shining down on me. The world's all as it should be. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name, the road marked with suffering, the wound and the offering. Blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name, blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your glorious name, you give and take away, you give and take away, my heart will choose to say.
you're the reason. somebody glad to see him amen i'm gonna tell you first of all you look real good today if nobody else tells you all right tell somebody you're glad to see him this morning shake somebody's hand tell them you're glad to be here this morning thank you brother <laughs> say who 
That is some good fellowship. Uh, when you've uh, told somebody glad to see them, you can uh, be seated if you would. We've got a few announcements this morning. Uh, find your place, and you can go ahead and be seated. Hey, brother. All right, if you would, you can be seated. Uh, got a few announcements. We're so glad to have you this morning. Uh, first things first, if you are a visitor today, we are so glad that you're here today. And uh, Brother Gary has a visitor card. We're just we're not going to embarrass you, but we do uh, ask you to fill out a visitor card. We want to send you a free gift, but you got to fill out the card and put it in the basket if you would. So first-time visitors, if you're a first-time or second-time visitor today, would you lift up a hand and we want to get you a card this morning. Anybody else? There's one. <laughs> we won't embarrass you, brother. Here's one right here, brother. Just fill that card out. You can put it in the offering basket on your way out. Anybody else first-time visitor today? First-time visitors today anywhere? All right. Very good. Very good. Fill that out if you would. We're so glad you're here. Put that in the basket on your way out. And uh, so honored to have you today. Hey, don't forget, every Wednesday we have a full slate of things going on here. Uh, we did not have this last Wednesday because of uh, Thanksgiving and everybody cooking and getting ready for family. But uh, we will resume with Wednesday's uh, activities this Wednesday. Uh, we have a Wednesday morning Bible study from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. It happens in the Fellowship Hall. Uh, please come, and uh, if you feel led to, uh, the preacher would love if you'd bring donuts. Amen? That would be wonderful. I would eat one if you would bring it, all right? Uh, we have coffee here. Uh, we have donuts sometimes uh, if somebody brings them. So uh, you bring them, we'll eat them, all right? But uh, we get fed with the Word of God, too. That's the most important thing. And then uh, Wednesday night, we do a dinner at 6 o'clock. Notice there's a lot of food involved, amen? That's because we're good Baptists around here. That's a, a Baptist thing, all right? But uh, we do have a full dinner at 6 o'clock. And uh, so you come and take part in that. That way you don't have to go home, fix dinner or anything. You can come straight from work if you need to. Uh, dinner at 6, and then at 7 o'clock, we have something for all ages. The youth have a service in this build, uh, room right here. Kids have a uh, service in the middle rooms. And then uh, the adults, we have a prophecy class, and we're going through the book of Mark also. Uh, so uh, come, and we have something for everybody on Wednesday night. It's always uh, a lot of fun. Uh, the building is full. It's a lot of, a lot of chaos, I call it, uh, but it's the, the good kind of chaos, amen. It's uh, the, the Lord showing up and just lots of kids and children, wonderful time. Uh, we are having baptisms today. Uh, some could not make it, but we are having baptisms. And listen, Brother Nelson has taken care of you. Uh, it's pretty much a hot tub out there today, amen. Uh, we didn't want you to be cold, and so, uh, so we, got it, we got it nice and warm for you. And so uh, if you need to be baptized today, if you followed the Lord uh, and asked him into your heart as your Savior, but you've never been baptized, today would be a great day, amen. We're going to do it at the very end of the service. So if you need to get wet and uh, towel off and go home, you can do that today, amen. So uh, maybe even today you just make that decision. I'm going I'm to do it. Don't put it off, amen. Brother Martin's going to be uh, handling that for me today. And so we're going to do it right outside. <laughs> It'll be when we get done today, we'll dismiss, go out there. And uh, that'll be the very last thing we do today. Uh, don't forget, ladies' Christmas party. Uh, Friday, December the 10th at 6 o'clock at B.J. Daniels' house. Raise your hand, Miss B.J. Miss B.J. Uh, does this all the time, and she puts on quite a spread. Amen. And uh, does a wonderful job. Uh, nobody decorates for Christmas like Miss B.J. Amen. So, uh, ladies, there is a sign-up sheet on the table over there. Uh, we do need to know it's a covered dish supper. 
So put down your name, put down what you can bring, and uh, that will be on Friday, December the 10th, all right, at 6 p.m. So, uh, but be sure and sign up when we get through here today. Um, as many of you know and read and heard, uh, Mimi Trammell, my mom, went home to be with the Lord this last week, and uh, she had been having a hard time, and uh, she had her home going this week, amen, and uh, we're not sad about that. Uh, we will miss her. But we're not sad that she's not suffering anymore, that she's not having to go through any of that pain and suffering. And so uh, she's having a great reunion. Uh, I was telling somebody today, my mind's been on heaven all week, uh, this week, so that's what I'm going to preach on this morning. Amen. I just felt like that's where, uh, you know, we all need to be longing for heaven. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Amen. Amen. And uh, never more mindful of that than when we go through these moments. And we realize this, uh, that's all that matters, amen? This, this life here is just a speck of dust compared to eternity. And the Bible says that we will all live another life past this life. That's not the question. The question is, where are you going to spend it, amen? And so if you've not uh, asked Jesus into your heart today, many people want to say, well, why would a loving God uh, send people to hell? He doesn't send anyone to hell. In fact, he provided a way out, his son, Jesus Christ died on the cross and spilled his blood so that you and I don't have to have that. Amen. And so he has provided a way. And if, if you've not done that today, and you may say, well, you don't know my life, you don't know my past. And I say, guess what? You don't know mine and you don't know my past either. And guess what? It's all under the blood. Amen. It's under the blood of Jesus. And that's what we need today is the blood of Jesus. So if you've not done that today, man, get that taken care of uh, today. All right. Uh, but anyway, uh, we will have a memorial service for Bonnie Trammell. It will be this coming Saturday at 11 a.m. We're going to do it at Friendly Baptist. Um, uh, Mimi had a big family, and so we were afraid that we might not be able to handle it here. But uh, we are going to uh, to have the service at Friendly Baptist Church in their main auditorium. And then I believe uh, Miss Mary and uh, the church is going to feed us here. We're going to come back here and eat lunch. But it's at 11 a.m. at Friendly Baptist Church. Uh, in lieu of flowers, uh, Mimi asked that we could just make... Uh, donations to the Landmark Baptist Church Building Fund. So if you'd like to do that, you can do that in her name, all right? And then last but not least, uh, Brother Jerry had a great idea, and uh, just, uh, you know, during the holidays, uh, Eric had a great idea. Uh, we're going to give credit where credit's due. Brother Eric had a great idea. You know, during this time of year especially, man, we need to pray for our troops. We need to pray for those involved in the military because while we're enjoying Christmas, many of them will be serving to keep our freedoms. Amen. And so uh, a great idea. We have the, the little plastic army men, and, uh, but they're going to represent all of our military branches. So when you leave today, would you get one of those and just put it in your pocket and use it as a reminder to pray for our troops during, during the holidays? Amen. Brother Eric, awesome idea. Give Brother Eric a big hand. Amen. So uh, they're on the table also. So just uh, if you'll get one on your way out, just put it in your pocket. Leave it there as a reminder to pray for our troops uh, during this time. All right. I believe that is everything, so we are going to continue to worship. If you would, stand one more time with us, and we're going to sing about our, our living hope. Amen.
to that day that our time is called to be with you in heaven but for now we are here Lord just give us that burning desire to just carry out the Jesus inside of us to other people Lord I know that you've all you've given us all gifts God that we are to use for your glory and Lord one is if we know you that we are called to share the good news that you have died and you rose again and you're alive and you love us where we are. Lord, this world is not our home and we are just passing through. So God, just give us a drive and a fire to be the lighthouse in this world, Father, to share the good news because we know the end of the book just thank you for the service this morning, how we've lifted our voices to you, God, and that this morning the saints have joined with us in praising Jesus and be with the word in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's give the Lord one more clap off for this morning. Amen. If you have kids who would like to go to Children's Church, uh, we're going to take you back there now. So, uh, Give all of our children's workers a big hand. They always uh, are so faithful, helping us out, keeping everybody out there. And uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to preach on heaven this morning. Amen. That's where my mind has been. You know, I don't care how old you are. I don't care how old your parents are. When you lose a parent, that's still your mom and dad, and you're still their kid. Amen. And it doesn't matter. Uh, if you're old and crusty like me, or uh, whether it's when you're younger, it's uh, it, it's never easy, amen. And uh, I believe I, I didn't really share this, but I'll I'll share this with y'all because we're family here, amen, and brothers and sisters in Christ. But my mom had been struggling and she'd been suffering, and I believe this is exactly the way it went down. She she had long past kind of wanting to go home. She knew, she knew just like the song says, this world was not her home, that her true home was in heaven. She'd outlived all of her sisters. She was the baby, and so she'd outlived all of her sisters. My dad died back in 2007, so my dad was already there, so uh, she was longing to be there. And uh, we were getting to the point, she was so weak, she couldn't do therapy, she couldn't do anything. So we were having to move her from a... Um, a uh, uh, therapy place where she could do therapy uh, to a nursing home and uh, kind of the last move the last step hospice was going to start working with her and I just don't think she wanted to be there and I, I was already there I was there filling out the paperwork for, to admit her 
they pulled up with her and uh, the guy that happened so happened I knew the guy who was driving the, the bus uh, to transport her and he said Mark when I pulled up uh, I looked back there and she just slumped over and he said by the time I could put it in park and go back there no pulse and I believe she didn't want to go there it was she knew it was kind of the last move and she didn't if you knew Mimi she did things her way amen and she said I ain't going in there and she never made it in the front door amen and I believe she prayed herself out of there right then there she I believe she just said Lord I don't want to do this I'm ready to go just take me and I believe she just prayed herself out of there amen, amen. and uh I believe that's exactly how it happened because listen I believe that we are children of the Lord does that mean everything we go through is pleasant no does that mean everything is going to be uh, downhill and shady and a, a bowl of cherries? No, but I believe the Lord loves his children and he holds our very lives in the palm of his hand. And guess what? The Bible says it's appointed unto men once to die and after this the judgment. And to, for, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I believe that uh, she went to be home with the Lord. I believe when her heart stopped, she was absent from that body and she went to be present with the Lord. I've prayed real hard, you know, when my dad died and now when my mom died and you have to go see them after they passed away, I just prayed and said, Lord, you got to help me with this because that, that's a hard thing. But both times I can say, I can say this is true for, and maybe you've had this experience too. When I walked in to see my mom and dad for the last time, it didn't bother me because I knew they weren't there. You could just tell when you walked in the room, their spirit was gone. The shell was there but they were gone. Amen. And so, uh, as I said, I've just had my mind on heaven all week. So I thought, uh, usually that's kind of leads your preaching wherever you, whatever you're dealing with, whatever your mind is. So I thought I'm just going to preach on heaven this morning. Is that okay with y'all? Do we know about heaven? Do we think about heaven enough? Most people, unfortunately don't think about heaven until they are facing death, either their own death or the death of a loved one or the death of somebody close. Many times we don't want to think about death. But listen, we need to think about death. And as Christians, we do not need to fear death. Now, I will admit to you, I'm a, I'm a big old guy, but I'm a big old baby. Amen? I don't like pain. You're probably like me. I don't like pain. Listen, I don't fear death at all. I don't fear what's on the other side of death because I believe the Word of God is true, and I believe that's exactly what's waiting for me on the other side is the Lord and heaven. Amen? Now, I don't want no pain. Am I afraid of, of pain? Yeah. Am I afraid of, uh, listen, I think what scares a lot of people about death is the fear of the unknown. It's a journey that all of us are going to take at one point or another, unless the Lord comes back for us. Uh, but it's a journey that we can't, we really don't know how the journey is. We don't really. So I think for a lot of people, it's just more that fear of the unknown. But I want to guarantee you that I believe the Lord is there to meet us. And I believe he makes it as smooth a transition as he possibly can. And I don't think we have any reason as Christians to fear, fear death because we have the hope of heaven. So that's what I want to talk about today. Uh, many Christians don't even know what the Bible says about heaven. I, you've heard me say before, I believe a lot of people have cartoon theology. You know what cartoon theology is? You remember when somebody died in the cartoons, what did they do? They floated up, they got on a little cloud, one little bitty cloud, not hardly enough room to stand on hardly, and they issued you a white robe and a harp, and you were just to stand there and play your harp all for all eternity 
Now, I don't know about you. That does not excite me about heaven. Amen? But guess what? That's not what the Bible says about heaven. That's cartoon theology. Amen? But unfortunately, that's, that's all a lot of people got to go on. Amen? Is what we saw when we were kids. But I want to tell you, we're going to talk today about what does the Bible say about heaven. Now, the Bible can't give us a full description of heaven because I believe it would probably just blow our minds. It's too much for us to comprehend. But the Bible does give us glimpses into heaven and what makes heaven. And I believe, listen, God created this world, and he created it in six days. And guess what? The Bible says he's been, been preparing heaven since the beginning of time and for all of eternity. Amen? So guess what? I believe if he made this, then guess what? I think heaven's going to just be the amped-up, perfect wonderful version of this right here amen i think it will it will look a lot like what we do here i believe we'll all have responsibilities i believe we will all uh, uh listen it's not like the cartoons make it out to be all right uh god created this and so i can tell you that if he created this and uh, this is his pattern then that's probably a lot of what heaven is like think if you took all the beauty and all the goodness of this world and just removed all of the evil all of the bad all of the pain, all of the suffering, removed all of the death, all of the crying. Can you imagine what this would be like if you just made what we're experiencing now perfect and we get to live for all of eternity? Pretty awesome, amen? So uh, when people don't know what the Bible says regarding heaven, this can result in confusion and an unbiblical understanding of what awaits a believer after this life. Uh, we're going to start today. We're going to do a lot of scripture. Uh, I've got, I'm going to give you nine points about heaven, and every one of them have a scripture. So uh, if you don't have time to write them down, you can take a picture of uh, the screen. But we're going to start. Our main verse is going to be John 14, 1 through 6. It's John 14, 1 through 6. And this is what Jesus told people. This is out of Jesus' mouth himself. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. Can you say amen? amen? If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way, you know. It's always got to be one in the crowd. Thomas was the one. Amen. Probably would have been you or me, if not Thomas. Thomas said to him, well, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Verse 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Amen. That one verse, leave that verse right there. That one verse right there pretty much destroys what most of the world thinks today. Most of our culture today says, oh, those Christians, they're too narrow-minded. All roads lead to heaven. You can get to heaven any kind of road. you As long as you're sincere, all roads lead to heaven. This right here comes right out of Jesus' mouth. Jesus said. You see the first two words? Jesus said. So if you truly believe that he is truly who he said he was, and if you truly believe that he was the son of God, and you truly believe that he died for your sins and my sins, then he right here obliterates and destroys all of that thinking. He says out of his own mouth, I am the way, not a way, the way, the truth, not a truth, and the life, not a life. And then he just to clarify, it says, no one comes to the Father, God, except through me. All roads do not lead to heaven. There is one road, and it goes right through Jesus Christ. 
Amen. And it goes right through the cross and the gospel. Amen. So don't be fooled. If you've listened to some idiot, sorry, I don't know any other way to put it, that wants to tell you that, oh, you don't need Jesus in the way, you know, that, listen, that, take your Bible and throw it in the trash then. You either believe it or you don't. This is where the line in the sand is. And listen, Jesus, Jesus never made a big deal about it. Jesus said, I'm telling you the truth. You can either follow me or you don't. I'm not going to force you. He's a king, not a beggar. He says, you can believe it or you don't. I don't care. If you don't believe me, I'm just going to dust my hands, dust my feet off. I'm going to turn around and walk away. It's your choice. God doesn't send anybody to hell. Jesus doesn't send anybody to hell. Jesus showed up and died on a cross, a cruel cross, a cruel death, and did it for you and me so that we wouldn't have to spend eternity in hell. Hell was created for the Satan and his demons. But guess what happens? If we don't accept Jesus Christ, then we got to go be with them. Amen? And it's not just enough to believe he exists. You hear me say this all the time. The Bible says that even the demons in hell believe and tremble at his name. So you have to put your complete faith and trust in him. If you've not done it today, please do it today. All right, I'm going to give you nine facts about heaven. Are you ready? Now, these ought to make a, as I want to say, make a Baptist want to shout. Amen. Now, I'm looking at some of you. Some of you probably ain't shouted in a long time. Amen. So I'm going to tell you, you need to get excited on these nine points about heaven because these should excite us as believers in Christ. Number one, our heavenly father is there. I, we use this terminology, home is where the heart is. Can I say this? Heaven is wherever God is. What makes heaven heaven is that you're going to be with him and you're going to be in his presence all the time. Amen? That's part of what makes heaven heaven. So just in the same way that home is not necessarily, you can move houses. It's not a specific house. Home is where your heart and where your family is. Amen. And guess what? I want to go and I want to be with y'all and I look at y'all. Y'all can party. Amen. I want to party with y'all. Amen. I want to go to heaven and I want to be with y'all and I want to party with y'all. And some people, again, some of that cartoon theology, uh, as Brother Mike used to say, I don't know what y'all going to do, but I'm going to eat. Amen. I don't know what you think happens at a marriage supper of the Lamb, but we eat at a marriage supper. Amen. And so uh, I want to sit around the table with y'all, and I just want us to fellowship. I want us to have a good time for all of eternity. Can you imagine what that's going to be like, what that reunion is going to be like for all of eternity? And guess what? The presence of God will be there with us constantly the scripture for this one is Matthew 5 uh, 5 16 it says let your light so shine before men that they may see your good walk works and glorify your father who is in heaven amen so guess what he's there and he's waiting on you and me all right number two fact about heaven our savior the lord jesus christ is there amen now listen uh can you imagine Men, there's paintings, there's different pictures. I love a picture. Have you ever seen the picture? Uh, it's been on Facebook a lot uh, where the girl is just leaping into the arms of Jesus and she's just crying and weeping and it's uh, called First Day in Heaven. Can you imagine what that's going to be like for you to be able to see your Savior face to face one day and to see the wounds in his hands and the, the wounds in his side and uh, just to see him and to be able to say, Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you for what you did for me. I didn't deserve it. Nobody in this room deserves it. If you think that we think, if you're a non-believer in this room, you think that we think we're better than you, that's a lie. 
We are not better than you. I'm just one stinking, rotten, stinking sinner saved by grace telling another rotten, stinking sinner, you need Jesus. I needed Jesus. You need Jesus. I didn't deserve Jesus. You don't deserve Jesus. But we need him. Amen. Our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, is there. The Bible says not only is he there, but he is interceding for us at the right hand of God. Uh, the scriptures, Colossians 3.1 says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. And if you go to the next verse, it says that he is not only at the right hand of God, but he's sitting at the right hand of God, interceding for you and for me, pleading for us on his behalf to his Father. Amen. And whoo, make a Baptist want to shout. Come on. All right. Uh, number three, heaven is a prepared place. Now, if you go back to uh, Genesis... How did it go down? God created all of this, and he would put it in place, and he would say, and let it be, and he'd look at it, and he said, it is good. Amen? So this was a prepared place, prepared pretty quickly, again, in six days. But guess what? Heaven is also a prepared place, and it's been prepared uh, since the beginning of time. Amen? And he's been working on it constantly amen so if you can imagine that heaven is a prepared place scriptures john 14 2 says in my father's house we already read this and again in my father's house are many mansions if it were not so i would have told you i go to prepare a place for you all right so he is there and he has prepared a place for you and for me amen I know many people that want to say, well, I don't, man, I don't need a mansion in heaven. I just want a little, give me just a little cabin over in the corner. Uh, if you just got a cabin over the corner, that means you just got there by the skin of your teeth. I don't want to get in by the skin of my teeth. Does anybody really want to get in by the skin of your teeth? Amen. I want to get there and I want to hear those words, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's where I'm telling you, it matters what you do here today. Amen. Don't, don't just try to get into heaven by the skin of your teeth. Go in there and say, Lord, I want you to say, well done. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Amen. We are to be doing his works here on heaven. Faith without works is dead. Amen. So guess what? It does matter what we do here. Amen. If you are a Christian and you call yourself a Christian, you put the name Christian on you, then guess what? You are carrying his name around. And the way you act reflects on him. The way you talk reflects on him. Oh, Brother Mark, this is getting hard sermon right here. Amen. That's all right. The way everything we do. Now, does that, again, we're going to mess up every single day. I mess up every single day. But I'm here to tell you, I need to keep sin on a short leash. You've heard me say that before. Keep, it's like keeping that dog on a short leash. I don't want that dog to get in trouble. I don't want him to uh, bite anybody. I don't want so I keep it on a short leash. The minute sin comes into your mind, the minute you recognize it as sin, confess it, repent of it, turn away from it. Amen. Amen. Keep it on a short leash. All right? Uh, because, listen, everything we do reflects on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the reason a lot of people, you ask a lot of people why they don't go to church, you know what they'll say? They'll blame us. Because them Christians, I don't go to church because all them hypocrites. And I have to admit, that's right. We're all hypocrites. You put us all up next to Jesus, guess what? We're all hypocrites. And I tell them, there's room for some more. Come on in. Amen. But listen, we got to understand, every action of our body and every word of our, out of our mouth reflects upon the Lord Jesus Christ and can become a stumbling block to people. I don't want to be a stumbling block. You don't want to be a stumbling block. Amen. All right. Um, 
So let's see here. Revelation 21, 27 says that only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Here's a wonderful thing about heaven. The day you got saved, it says that your name was written in the Lamb's book of life. And guess what? It is with permanent ink. It's not a pencil. You can't erase it. No one can erase it. All right? So listen, you are sure in your salvation. What I want you to be sure of today is, is that you definitely know that you are a saved individual. Now, many people, you ask them, are they saved? And they say, well, I've been a Christian all my life. That's a lie. You have not been a Christian all your life. Now, I get what they're trying to say. They're trying to tell me, well, you know, I was raised in church, and I've, I've known about Jesus all of my life. Listen, if I ask you what day were you were born, you know. There's no question to it. There's no question you were born. You're sitting here. That's proof. You're born. You were born. And guess what? Everybody in here knows the day you were born. January 28, 1963. Right here. Guess what? In the same way, the Bible says that in the same way that you were born and you had a flesh birth and a water birth, you were, your mama's water broke and you were born physically, the Bible says that you must be born again. And in the same way that there's no question that you were born on a certain day and at a certain time, there should be no question in your mind that you were born again on a certain day. Amen? Look at me. I need everybody to look at me and understand this. I don't say that you need to know. You have to know the exact day. I can't tell you the exact day I was saved, but I can take you back in my mind, and I can take you over to Friendly Baptist Church where I grew up, and I can take you to the very spot, and I can say, this right here, this is where it happened. This is where I was born the second time. Amen? So you need to have a place you can go back to and know for sure there is a place and a time I go back to that's where it happened. If you don't have that, you need to get that settled. You have not been a Christian all your life. No such thing. Bible says we're born sinners. So you cannot possibly be a Christian all your life. It's a conscious decision that you have to make at a point in time in your life. The minute that you hear the truth of the word of God and you can understand it and comprehend it, you become accountable for it. You've heard about that thing called the age of accountability. That's what it is. Now, guess what? Some people, that may happen at 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old. Some people, you may not hear the truth because you weren't raised in church or you weren't around Christians. You might not hear it until your 20s, 30s, or 40s. But here's what I tell you. The age of accountability doesn't have a certain number to it. It has to do with the day you heard the truth of the Word of God. Somebody shared it with you, and you heard it, and you are old enough and in your mind enough to comprehend it. You became accountable for it. You became accountable. That's your age of accountability. And once you know it and you haven't responded to it and you've rejected the Lord Jesus Christ until you accept him, you don't have him. Amen? You're not a Christian. All right? Listen, all roads don't lead to heaven. Please get that straight today. Number four, our citizenship is in heaven. Philippians 3, 20 and 21. For our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Now, these, these scriptures right here get me excited as much as anything. Because you see this body right here? Now, I've been working on it, amen? I've got a lot, it's a lot of work. Some of it, uh, not all the right work, amen? But I'm here to tell you, when I get to heaven, I get a new body. 
the arthritis that I deal with. Anybody there with me? It's gone. Amen. The sickness that I deal with is gone. The allergies that I deal with are gone. The cancer inside anybody's body is gone. Now, listen, my mom had gotten to the point where Parkinson's had racked her body. And then on top of the Parkinson's, then she had a stroke a year ago. And then the stroke aggravated the Parkinson's. And listen, here's what happened. Her body began to deteriorate. But guess what? Monday, when she stepped into eternity, when her, she was absent from that body and present with the Lord, she received a new body. No more pain. No more suffering. Didn't have to be in a bed. She was up. And no, no more suffering. No more pain. Amen. That should excite all of us. Amen. The Lord will give us a new and a glorified body. Amen. Here, having a right understanding of heaven changes our perspective and our priorities in this life. Now, I know you've all heard this before that, uh, listen, you can't take it with you. You don't ever see a, a U-Haul behind a hearse. You're not going to take any of it with you. Amen. You came into this world naked. You will go out naked. Amen. You will have nothing, not even hardly the clothes on your back. Amen. So we need to understand that, that uh, nothing that you accumulate in this life matters. Amen? Doesn't matter. When, the day you die, nobody's going to ask what kind of car you drove. Nobody's going to ask what, how big a house you lived in. Nobody's going to ask any of those things. It's only going to be about uh, you, your character as a person, and how they remember you. Amen? That's all that's going to matter. You don't take any of that stuff with you. Okay? All right. Um, let's see here. Number five, the names of those who are saved are recorded in heaven as citizens of his kingdom. Scriptures, Luke 10, 20. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. All right? Amen. That's good stuff. Um, you may say, Brother Mark, again, let's, let's go back to this. How do I know that I'm saved? Listen, in the same way, listen, uh, all you got to do, I heard a great analogy this morning. Uh, if you want to travel internationally, what do you have to have? Passport. In the same way, you're not going anywhere if you don't have that passport. You're not going outside of this country, and if you somehow made it outside, you ain't coming back in without a passport. So you carry that passport, and you don't lose that passport, do you? That give, that's, your, that's your lifeline to get back into your country and to leave your country to go to another country, all right? Well, guess what? Your name being written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, that's like your spiritual passport, amen? And you can't go without that passport. You're not going to gain entrance. You need to know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I'm saved. Well, Mark, can anybody really know they're saved? Yes, dummy, yes, they can. Why? Because it has everything to do with Jesus Christ. It has nothing to do with you. That's the only reason I can say that. Amen. The only reason I can say that, yes, you can absolutely, positively, 100% know that you're going to heaven is because it all rests on Jesus Christ and what he did for you and your acceptance of that. Amen. It has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with how bad a person you were, what sins you've committed since then. Listen, now, you can, can you ruin your life by the things, the choices you make? Sure you can. Amen. But guess what? Nobody can take that salvation away from you. Amen. That is your passport, and you've got it. All right? Uh, so we need to understand that. Number six, uh, spiritually, believers are already in heaven. This is the difference between when we talk about being in the world but not of the world. Uh, you and I, we don't have any, any choice, do we? We've got to live in this world. 
but the Bible says you don't have to be of this world, all right? So understand, we should get a heavenly mindset. And if we live life with a heavenly mindset, that changes the way you and I live life here on this earth, amen? If I keep a heavenly mindset, I will live my life geared towards those things, all right? The scripture with that is Ephesians uh, 2, verses 5 and 6. It says, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The minute, the day you got saved, there is a place set at the table with your name on it. And we should be living our lives as if we're already there. The Bible says, store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Amen. Because the things of this world, moth and rust will destroy them. Okay. Number seven, heaven is where our treasure is. This goes along with it. Um, Matthew 6, 20, 21 says, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. All right. For where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. Listen, you can get real caught up in accumulating stuff here on earth. You can get real caught up in trying to get titles and work your way up at work and, uh, you know, get to where you run the place. And again, nothing wrong with that, uh, but listen, when that becomes your priority and you put more of your focus on those things, how many, f you know, I've never heard a father at the end of his life say, man, you know what? I wish I'd worked more. I wish I'd have gone to work more. I wish I'd have put in more overtime. I wish I'd have spent less time with my family and more time at work. Nobody says that on their deathbed. You know what they do say all the time? I wish I'd have not made that such a priority. I wish I'd have spent more time with my family. My kids grew up, and I, I missed it. Amen. You can have a lot of regrets in that area. Amen. You only get one chance to raise those kids. You only get one chance to live this life. After this life, you get one chance. Amen. And so we need to understand, put your priorities in the right spot. Amen. Amen. Understand that there's treasures for where your treasure is. That's where your heart will be. If your treasure is money, that's where your heart's going to be. If your treasure is work, that's where your heart's going to be. If your treasure is football or sports, that's where your heart's going to be. Amen? So understand, make your treasure the heavenly things, all right? Nothing we accumulate will come with us when we die. And number eight, our inheritance and our rewards are in heaven. 1 Peter 1, 4, all right? 1 Peter 1, 4 says, To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. All right? The Bible talks about another judgment. We've talked about this before. Many people know about the great white throne, uh, the Lamb's Book of Life and all that. But guess what? There's another judgment that says where we will be rewarded for the things that we do on earth. All right? Salvation is by faith, not works. But once we're saved, we do good works because we are God's children and we love him. Amen. We should. Why should you serve the Lord? Just because you love him. How can you ever repay him? It should be out of a heart of gratitude. Amen. All right. And number nine, uh, this one's real exciting to me too. This one ought to make a Baptist want to shout. Everybody's gone on before you, all of your saved loved ones and all of your saved friends, all of your saved family members are there. And I believe this to be true, that they're going to be there. There's going to be a great welcoming committee waiting on you the day you get there. And I believe when Bonnie Trammell stepped in on Monday, there was a great committee waiting for her. 
I believe Brother Mike was there. I believe Floyd Dremel was there. I believe all of her sisters were there. And I have many, many, many other friends and probably anybody that had any kind of connection with her, maybe even people she doesn't even remember from years ago, I believe they were all a part of that welcoming committee. And the Bible says one day there will be a great reunion. Amen. First Thessalonians 4, 13 through 17. Julie, you can go ahead and come. And I want you to just listen. Listen to these words. Because I want this to minister to you and to me this morning. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Amen. Amen. What a wonderful day. What a wonderful reunion. What a wonderful homecoming. And guess what? You may not want to think about death, and maybe you didn't want to think about death this morning, but I'm here to tell you it's going to happen to all of us. Unless the Lord comes back first, it's going to happen to all of us. So whether you meet him in the air or whether you meet him one day when you die, it doesn't really matter. One day we're all going to meet him. And so we need to be ready. The key is to be ready every single day. Do you know your birth date? Do you know your second birth date? Do you know, can you go back and say, that's where it happened, Lord. That's where it happened. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. If you would, bow your head and close your eyes. If you're if you here today and you say, you know, I'm just not sure. I am not sure. Um, listen, you can be sure today. You can nail it down. And I can tell you that because Jesus is always waiting with his arms wide open. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter how old you are. He is waiting. His blood covers our sins if we accept him. Maybe you're here today and you accepted him, but you've wandered far away from him. You need to come back to him. Again, he is always waiting with his arms open wide. So if you need to come to him today for the first time, or maybe you need to recommit yourself to him, I just invite you to pray this prayer in your heart, mind, and your spirit. Say, Dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. Lord, right now, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. Lord, the best way I know how, I ask you to forgive me of my sins and save me. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for the cross. Now, every head bowed, every eye still closed. I wouldn't want to embarrass anybody, but I would love to pray for you. If you prayed that prayer today for the first time or as a prayer of recommitment, would you just lift up a hand so I could pray for you? Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. We're going to have an altar call in just a minute. If you raise your hand, I just invite you to come down here and just tell me. All you got to say is, Brother Mark, I prayed that prayer with you. 
and that's all you need to say. I just would love to be able to pray with you and know that you made that commitment today. We're going to have a, a time of response. If you'd like for somebody to pray over you, I'll be here to pray over you. And the altar is open if you just need to come and pray to the Lord. If you need to come and join the church, if you need to come and make any decision, uh, let's do that. Lord, I just pray that you would have your will and your way uh, today in people's hearts and lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand. Uh, Brother Martin, I'm going to ask you to go get uh, Gabe, if you would, uh, and uh, see Miss Mary. I think, I think he's back there helping with the kids. And go ahead and tell him to get ready. We're going to end today with a, a baptism. Amen. If you'd like to be baptized, Brother Martin is going to go back and get ready so you can just meet with him. Uh, he's heading across the back there. And uh, we're going to end with that today. But right now, if you need to come and pray, if you need somebody to pray over you, I would be glad to do that. Let's sing today for just a little bit, all right?
for the prayers, many giving prayers for me this morning, and I appreciate them, and uh, continue to pray for our family, amen. Well, uh, if you would, we're going to go right outside the front door, and uh, is Brother Martin out there ready to go? Okay, we're going to go out there, and we've got uh, maybe just one this morning, uh, but uh, that's one good one, amen, you can't put a price on that. So if you would, go out there, and we'll dismiss from out there if you would, okay? Okay.